0: Hello, everybody, welcome to the flip gorilla podcast. My name is Joe Melendez. And this, uh, this podcast was basically started so that we could talk about real estate, right. And mostly in regards to the fix and flip market, kind of like, what's happening, what's going on, and what's going to happen in the future. And our our best guess is what's going to happen in the future. And, uh, the idea is just to get, uh, uh real estate investors and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, people that are involved in the real estate game, uh, to, uh, to, to give us their experience, strength, and hope. And, uh, so first thing, shout out to, uh, Maven Loans. Maven Loans is a hard money company in Southern California, and it does, uh, hard money loans for fix and flip investors. <clears throat> also, uh, Maven Loans is, uh, it's kind of teamed up with Rocket Mortgage and Rocket Mortgage is a nationwide 30-year mortgage or qualified mortgage company. And we want to give a shout out to them for uh, their uh, all of their support. They're very, very helpful in everything that we do. And so if you're looking to do uh, for a hard money loan, you want to talk to Maven Loans and also Maven's connected with uh, Rocket Mortgage for the 30-year qualified mortgage. So uh, shout out to our sponsors. And next, I want to kind of introduce everybody to uh, our guest, Tony Diaz. What's up, Tony?
1: Hey, hey, how you doing, Joe?
0: Doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. So this COVID thing, huh? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Interesting. So, uh,
0: You know, man, what I wanted to do is kind of get a little experience on you, Tony, kind of like where, uh, how did you get into the real estate market?
1: Yeah, so uh, my parents were both in real estate. My mom was doing uh, real estate. Uh, My dad was doing mortgages and I was probably about 14 years old. So I saw them go from just having a regular job to over about two, three year period, having really nice home and nice brand new shiny beamer. Right? So you kind of look at that and say, this sounds pretty interesting for sure. Um, Meanwhile, they were buying houses. Um, I'm based out of, uh, the Inland Empire. I live in Upland and they were buying houses in Fontana. So on the weekends we would get to go out and scrape linoleum and put <laughs> toilets. Uh, so yeah. got my hands dirty, kind of young and it was good. I, I enjoyed it. Obviously I'd rather go play with my friends, but, right. <laughs> uh, I got the bug pretty early. Um, got my license, started studying right about 17 years old. I got it a week after I turned 18. That was kind of cool. Uh And uh, just started, just getting into it. My mother said, "Listen, I can't teach you the basics. Go start at uh, Century Twenty One. They'll teach all the programs, all the all the contracts, and then uh, come back." That was pretty smart. That
0: That was pretty smart of your mother to kind of send you to another office to kind of learn something other than from her, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that actually worked out uh, really well. I got Rookie of the Year. So that was cool, and then I got top listing agent the year after that, which how was old, uh, how old were you at this time? Eighteen, huh,
0: young guy. Okay.
1: <laughs> so the manager who became a very good friend and a mentor um, was really cool, and he uh, he came up to me one day, and you know I was wearing my uh, the Century Twenty One mustard jacket, right, and my <laughs> name badge, and I'm I'm buying it, right? I'm in. Yeah, and he says, uh, I I came up to him and said, hey, listen, there's this program. It's twenty four hundred bucks. They're gonna market this and market that. And um, he says, hey, I'm gonna tell you a secret. I'm all right. He says, uh, save yourself twenty four hundred bucks. Give me a dollar, and um, I'll teach you what I what I know. Right. Well,
0: that's a deal.
1: Right. And I'm all yeah. sure. He says, but one condition: you got to do what I tell you.
0: Well, that's important.
1: Right. So I'm like, ah, fair enough. Right. Mm. So sure enough, give him a dollar. He says, go grab your desk, bring it right there in front of my window. And I'm talking 94. Uh-huh. He gets a big MLS book. This is book days.
0: <laughs>
1: Puts it right in front of me and says, I want you here at 730. You're going to call from here to there. You're going to leave. I don't care what you're doing and come back and call from there, from here to there. So I, I asked, I said, what do I say? He says, figure it out. All I want you to do is call. So I did that for a year. Wait, hold on, real just quick. So
0: how did that go? I mean, you must have been petrified. You're a young guy. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you know, one of the things is that you're willing to take direction, right? At that point, you're willing to do sure. just about whatever this guy tells you to do, right? And you're yeah, following, you know, following direction.
1: You're green. You don't know anything, right? Uh, you're you're kind of, you know, excited but scared a little bit. So that was probably one of my biggest lessons. Um young um that it just there's no magic pill right it just you have to do it you got to learn you got to fail and i just push through it and i think that's one of the things that for me i i learned over the years that i learned how to push through
0: hmm. when
1: things get challenges when i fail when i have issues i just learn to push through it i mean you got to get on your knees and pray once in a while but it still hmm. works out right so i so think you that's got-
0: so you got some time talking to two people, you're now learning the lingo of real estate, the terms like escrow title, uh, <clears throat> all the different, you know, purchase agreements and all that. So you're learning the lingo. Yep. Yep. But, but you're not fixing and flipping, you are nowhere near at this point, correct?
1: Well, I actually bought my first house at 18. Whoa. So uh, the guy the same guy I was telling you about uh, uh-huh. says, Hey, uh, I got a property. Rialto. Mariposa Street, Baseline, and what's the other street? <laughs> uh, anyways. 43, hold on, hold on real
0: quick. So you you flipped over, what, six, 700 houses, 800 houses?
1: 1,097.
0: 1,097, and you still remember the name of the street of your first one?
1: <laughs> <laughs> because that so cool. was a disaster, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It was It was like, what not to do 101? one uh-huh. The whole thing, I screwed up sideways. Did it upside. So
0: did the guy? Did the guy walk you through it step by step, or did he kind of give you room to make mistakes?
1: You know what? So he was an REO agent, and he says, "Hey, this is a good house. You should buy it. Uh, it's forty-three thousand. You can price sell it for seventy-five thousand. A HUD. That wasn't a HUD. It was a. There's a lot of HUDs around, but they, it was one of the properties. So uh, we just bought it. And the biggest mistake I did is I fixed it myself. Uh. So instead of selling real estate and learning, I went in there and not knowing really how to fix things. <laughs> and I don't get I won't get into the details, but um, the guy lost the house. He had no water, no electricity uh. living there. And he used the five gallon bucket to do his business. (laughs) I mean, it it was, it was interesting. So, uh, um,
0: Hey, really quickly, really quickly. So my first deal was on ninth street in Pomona, in San Bernardino and I bought it to fix and flip it. We did it. It was a disaster. And after we were all done with the rehab, the city came in and condemned it anyway.
1: Oh, nice. <laughs> That's awesome. uh,
0: anyway, so you did Mariposa You still made some money, right?
1: Yeah, we. I think we made like fourteen thousand, which at that time, you know, it's good money. Um, but yeah, got got a chance to uh, fix that house with a very good friend of mine, Sean, and we both had a, a lot of fun doing it. And like I said, it was a disaster, but it it was fun. We we worked out, and that was the the first house we flipped. Uh, we used. Uh, um his parents money to buy oh, it uh-huh. uh so i didn't have any m- real money then you know um so it was good it was a very good experience and from there we just you know another one here another one there and how,
0: just, how did that go about like on the on the on the on the additional ones how did you find them did you go to like real estate i mean the, the, obviously the market was different than it was today right. like today
1: Yeah, I I mean, I don't know if a lot of people remember 93, I remember walking into the office and people, oh, market's horrible, market's horrible. I didn't know what good, bad or ugly was.
0: Right, right.
1: So for me, I just knew that, um, you know, obviously being guided by my family and of course my buddy Dale, who was uh, my mentor at that time, uh, I would just needed to know, hey, here's my purchase price, resell. There's no budget, there's no nothing. I mean, it was just like we bought it, we had it, we fixed it, we put in the market, we did this, it sold, and we made a dollar, and we just that was kind of the whole plan there. Yeah, there's nothing. Awesome. <laughs> so that's
0: awesome. Like you, it's almost like you didn't even know enough to be scared. Like you just went for it, right? Like yeah. new, new, new people nowadays, they're like, there's so much to worry about. Like, I don't know construction, mm-hmm. I don't know how the realtors work, I don't know how escrow works. So they're hesitant, right? They're hesitant to get yeah. in. But like when you're young, when you're that young, it's like, you're like, well, I really didn't even know that there was something to be afraid of. You just kind of right. jumped in.
1: Yeah, Ignore fire.
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's super cool. How, hey, so how did the money go on that? Like, did you guys, was the was it hard money back in 93? No,
1: it was just parents, uh, my my friend's parents' money. They just lend it to us. I don't think we even did a second uh, or first. And we just sent a check to the escrow and, sold it given back and we kept our piece and of course we were unloaded and you know went out and blew the buddy pretty <laughs> well,
0: I bet you did uh, so then the other one started to roll in so now you got one two three under your belt and um and then what happens like when do you really start like just moving into like i mean to get to that many properties a thousand something properties sure. i mean that's a lot of properties and i'm sure they weren't all, you know, like Realto. we started getting into, I know that you've done a lot of heavy, heavy flips in LA, uh, multi-million dollar flips. And um, so, so then it starts to progress, right? So now you're doing like two and three and then the market changes, right?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, well, you know, it always changes. So for us, if you remember Golden Feather, this is hot back in the days. Uh-huh. At about 89, we got connected through a friend uh, who had a nonprofit. Uh-huh. And uh, we were able to purchase properties through the nonprofit and we started doing that. We're doing about one or two a month this is back in the nineties. Um, and then the market started getting better and a lot of that inventory started drying up. So at that time I had probably seven years of flipping by that, by that time, uh-huh. maybe, you know, I think we're doing about 15 to 20 a year. Not a lot, but still kind of one, two at a time. Uh, So we're starting to get some numbers there. And um,
0: now you got a crew of construction guys. I mean, you got, you must have the electricians, the plumbers. You got a crew.
1: Yeah. And this was, I mean, people, we just found at Home Depot, right? Because we we screwed up the first house so bad. Then we found the guy at Home Depot and we asked him, Hey, you know, who do you know? And of course, he had his cousin Jose over there, and his Mike, and everybody. I love
0: those guys. I love those cousin Jose.
1: <laughs> bringing all my uh, Mexican brothers all along, and uh, before you know, we actually had a guy, and he still does work for me, believe it or not. Um, that he just—he's a young guy at that time. We were all young, and uh, he just started growing with us, and he's done pretty well for himself uh, as a it's a a kind of a contractor and all he does is flips for a bunch of different people. So, you know, it's interesting.
0: You know what, Tony, you know, what's interesting is like when I first, when I did my first one, I was petrified of what's behind the walls, right? Like (laughs) I didn't know really what made up a house, like what's behind these walls. Right. And then after I made the first one, a disaster, but I got to see like, when you take the drywall off, It's just wood, right? And the wood's into the floor. And then the plumbing does this. And once you take it apart, like the second one to me was not fearful. I was like, I could fix all that. Right. Right. I think a lot of new guys need to know, you know, for the most part, you can fix all that, right? And is is there so on that subject? Like I have um, I'll mess with foundation stuff because it doesn't really bother me, like like certain foundation. What I don't mess with is like soil, right? Is that is that your gig too?
1: Um, in general, right? I mean, you got to understand what it is. Um, I've done two really heavy, heavy uh, soil repairs. Uh, one out in Phillips Ranch. Um, that was super interesting, very expensive, kind of a neat. Uh, we literally had 70 piers hydraulically pushed down into the ground and you basically saw the house get lifted. I mean, it was <laughs> pretty nuts. Um, and we got the house for practically nothing. I was able to fix it and actually sold it to my brother. Uh, and he did really well a few years later. Uh, but, um, it was a house that he couldn't afford, but because it was so cheap and it was a house that had hair on it. Right. nobody wanted to mess with it, but soils is tough, uh, because you really have to understand what it is. And, and, uh, we got lucky to find a good company that was able to really give us a a um I, I teach I really teaches what it needed to be done. And but I, it's heavy, man. And, and then it's there's liability when you sell people don't, you know, you have to properly disclose it and people are comfortable. So I, I unless it's a super killer deal. I mean, it's just not worth it, especially at this time in my career. Uh, those are headaches. I really don't.
0: Yeah, need. no, I got it. And you know, the thing about like you said, it has to be the profit has to be there for that. But for the most part, like other than that, like everything could be fixed in a house, like the roof can yeah. be fixed, the plumbing can be fixed, all these different things can be fixed. And when you get to be as good as you are at, at solving those problems is how you make your profit, right? It's right. like exactly it's, it's right. like these people get these houses and they run them to the ground, like the deferred maintenance, <clears throat> and they don't know how to fix them. So they have to discount them, right? Right and um for that deferred maintenance and not so much in this market but they have to de- they have to lower that and then hand them to a guy like you so now you're starting to get really really good at the construction you're you're getting you, you really know what's happening behind the wall so that you really don't have that much fear so now you're going on and on and on have you hit at this point have you really hit any deals that were like super successful like some big like some big ticket items or are you still kind of uh you know, taking down like doubles.
1: Yeah. I mean, remember the, well, the price point back then wasn't big, right? I'm, I'm buying my backyard is Fontana, Rialto, San Bernardino. So I'm playing around in the, you know, hundred and some thousand purchases, $23,000 rehabs. I mean, that's kind of what my bread and butter was. Um, My first I think I made 70 grand in one deal and that was actually wholesaling my brother-in-law house
0: Dude, that's <laughs> then, <some> money. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I didn't know, you know, wholesaling. I just knew some, some, uh, an agent says, Hey, I got a property. He was looking for a house. Um, and um, I was able to flip it to him. Uh, just, you know, give him the contract. He gave me a $70,000 check and, Dude, uh, that, I,
0: that's the greatest. That's the greatest.
1: <laughs> so that, that was probably the most I made in my, uh, in the beginning, and he he bought. I think he bought it for six seventy. I had it for six. He bought it for six seventy. About a year and a half later, he sold it for a million. Ooh, uh, so, and it was a it was a huge property in Chino. Um, I mean, it's probably worth a bunch of money now. Big big lot. So that was probably one of the the biggest. Once, but most of our flips, I mean, we're making 20, 25,000, but you know you're 20 some years old.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: You know, you're doing oh, one yeah. to a
0: month. <laughs> oh, yeah. You are rocking. You know, like, <laughs> oh yeah
1: life is good man you you gotta impress the chicks you gotta dress nice and you gotta start spending all the money you make oh yeah
0: yeah yeah <laughs> i get it and you're oh, rocking yeah. you're you're young you're good looking, you're rocking and rolling so things are going well and then and then the market changes right 2006 yeah, so- comes along
1: Yeah, so before that, Joe, we got into new construction. Our friend, uh, Robert Fragoso, calls me and says, hey, I got some lots in Big Bear, man. What do you think? And of course, uh, since I knew how to flip them, I knew how to build them, right? Or at least you think. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) So I go in there, and that was tough. Uh, I did about 30-some cabins in Big Bear, about a two-year project. How many did you say? About 32, I think. It's like 30 or 32 cabins in Big Bear, um, that was tough um, I got lucky where the market was start, was moving forward I broke even on the entire project I ended up um, building myself a 6,000 square foot cabin that I was going to keep for myself because I was going to make all these millions out of all the construction
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> a really gutsy play I mean that's a that's a really gutsy thing for a young guy to do, to new construction, that many houses. <laughs>
1: nice. Ignorance on fire, my friend. <laughs> wow.
0: Okay, so, so how did it work out with that house?
1: Well, that saved me. So uh, I broke even in the entire project, it was a nightmare. Um, I ended up using that house and I sold it and I made about 600,000 on that house alone. So, I could have not done everything, built this one house and killed it. <laughs> and, uh, but that was enough money to get me out of the hole for that year, so those years, because I didn't make any money. I wasn't flipping. This was a full time thing. So, that was kind of my first go at construction. And, like I said, I, that to me was a huge one not to do lesson. And, and, and instead of kind of not doing it again, I realized that I needed to reinvest my time in order for that experience to be valuable. If I would have ran away from it, it would have been a loss because I would have just taken it, taken it as, you know, uh, I don't know how to do it. I learned enough. Our team at that time, I had a very small team of two people. Uh, We learned how to do a lot of things. My contractor wasn't very good. He was young. Um, and we just, I, I, the guy who actually finished my home, the, the big cabin was a, a local contractor, very sharp, uh, experienced guy, and he did a really good job. So just kind of seeing the wrong way the right way. So I came back and I started buying land um, in the early 2000s, doing options. So I would find the uh, property owners, give them a long-term purchase 12 months with a five, uh, with $50,000 deposit, um it would go hard once the plans were approved uh, or the subdivision had conditions so we just started kind of buying dirt
0: you're getting you're getting kind of tricky now at this point in your <laughs> young life you're getting pretty tricky you have learned a lot now and now you're moving forward with some right. pretty tricky stuff okay i got you
1: so i got um uh, moving forward towards like 2005 so i'm sitting on of uh, 26 houses in um Montclair, six houses in Ontario, four in Upland, six in Grand Terrace, and uh, another 25 or 20, uh, 26 Ooh. in Colton. Wow. So, uh, of course, I'm leveraged. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. um, by that time, I'm, having, I'm putting together a million dollar races, which was, um, what is that, in 2003, four. So I'm in my late 20s, early 30s. Um, so I, really but, quickly. So
0: the, but your equity is growing at this point. Cause that about that time, well, the market, right. Your equity is going, going good. Right.
1: Yeah. So, it, you know, it, it's, it's good, right. Uh, true to form, right. You're 20, you 30, early 30s. So we build the first space on both tracks, a line out the door, people buying uh, we sold the three models that we built. Um, our original budget was supposed to be a resale of 450 We were selling them at 650
0: Oof.
1: And you can start imagining how many houses we had going at the same time. Our first space is done, it's sold, it's closing. Now we're going for our second round of construction. Oh. And uh, man, life's good. And you know,
0: in, in your uh, pre 30 years or 30 year younger than 30 mind. You're like, this is never going to end. I mean, I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to own Southern California. soon, right.
1: <laughs> I'm sitting there and uh, you know, I'm going to the BIA uh, building industry association. I'm sitting down with, you know, older uh, gentlemen. I don't fit in. Right. I'm not the right flavor. Right and right. Sitting there and I'm like, okay, this is cool, right? Um, And I'm listening to this forecast and everybody's talking about soft landing, right? Soft landing, things like I just her <laughs> off a little bit.
0: Right, <laughs> so, okay, so was anything registering to you at that point? When they start talking about soft landing? Were you like...
1: I, I had no clue. I was so worried how I was going to spend all my money, man. Yeah, right. That, right. That <laughs> I didn't care soft landing. They were all sold. (laughs) I had a line out the door. Life was good. I have the deposit on my Ferrari, my friend. Oh, there that was it. Yeah. Right. Good. (laughs) And the first Monday of March of was it 2007, six or seven. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Right. Um, My lender says, Hey, um, I partnered up with bank of America. The guy comes in and says, uh, they're not doing stated loans. I'm like, okay, just, I got a line out the door. that will pay for it. Just give them whatever loan. I don't care. He's right. like,
0: <laughs> he no, says, no, you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> he says,
1: it's bad. They're this and that. So I'll tell you, man, um, two years I slept like a baby. I, I, Every two hours, I would wake up crying.
0: <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: was tough, brother. It was oh, everything God. I had. I, I, and I, I love to tell this story because it just get, it grounds here, right? I'm driving. You know, I got a few fancy cars. Um, I had just buy this brand new excursion uh, to pull my big boat, all that fun stuff. Right, right. right. So, <laughs> all the stupid things you shouldn't do, kids. Um. And uh I ran out of gas. And this is after the crash and everything went to hell. And you know, I try to keep the company alive. Um, it was just rough and I I pushed my truck, pushed the truck, an excursion. Thank God I had a little grade, so I made it to the gas station in crying. I called my mom to come over and give me a hundred bucks for gas. God, that's terrible. That quick, my friend. <laughs>
0: that quick
1: yep <laughs> so that was a lesson I mean we did our part right like now imagine I have investors I have my money uh, I got family that put money in I mean I borrowed from everybody I shouldn't right right You know, because the people, I had a few doctors and lawyers that had invested, but those guys were good because they could afford to lose it, right? And they knew it wasn't me, it was the market. But um, it's tough when your friend's calling you that you lost their kid's uh, college money. Yeah, so that was fun. So that was one of the things that you sit there and you're like, you, you just, you learn certain things that, you know, you don't know any better, right? Everybody's refinancing, everybody's got money. Yeah, you call think, it you think
0: you're on the wind. You think there's no way yeah. you could fail. I mean, I got a line out the door, right? Yeah. People that want to buy this. There's almost no way right. I could go South here except yeah. for the biggest crash in the real estate market ever that I yeah. didn't know was coming. Right. Okay. Which is
1: the soft landing, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it didn't feel soft, Tony. Did it feel no, soft to no. you at the time?
1: No, I was picking up my teeth, man, from the floor. That's how <laughs> soft it was. <laughs> So that was rough, man. That that was tough. And, and um, so, you know, what do you do? You know, I'm not going to go get a job. Uh, I've been doing this too long. And the only way to get out of the hole is to go at it again. And I got, um, I called a friend of mine that I was doing work with, uh, that worked at a nonprofit. And I saw everybody run through the RELs, right? Everybody's like, hey, get in with the banks. And for me, it was more like, everybody's running this way. I'm going to go the other way. Right. So I became a certified housing counselor for HUD. I became a uh, volunteer through a nonprofit. And then we started doing foreclosure prevention through a program. um, that was chase and bank of America. And, um, it wasn't keep your home. It was, um, what was it? Um, I'll remember here in a minute. It was a program where my job was to reach out to agents and let them know to use local nonprofits so they can actually help their people do the modification. But there was just such a mess. I mean, agents were ripping off clients and charging them up front. And then the attorneys jumped in. I mean, it was just a crazy how much fraud. That was, that was like 2006. Had. Well, just after the crash, right? So you're 2006, you
0: 2007. Yeah, when the thing yeah. started to move. That's about when I entered the market because the the Great Recession took out all my furniture stores, and I'm like, well, where can I go to make fifteen thousand dollars <laughs> right. a month for my wife and a hundred thousand children I got? And <laughs> and so I thought, well, real estate. I guess is what everybody else seems to be. And that first person I ran into was with Robert Fergozo. Robert Fergozo anchor. Thing. He was the big guy, right? And
1: so person, man, yeah. everybody, everybody knew Robert.
0: And he put me under his wing and started teaching me. And first deal I did, I I think I made 40,000 bucks on a, on a REO. And then that was it. I was, I mean, this is it. So anyway, so you, so go on.
1: No, so we, we got a chance to volunteer. We actually helped a lot of people and, and uh, you know, thank God he, uh, God was kind of like, Hey, you just do what you're supposed to. And um, I spent almost two years helping with this program of course my my alternative motive uh, aside of helping was figuring out a way to uh, into the bank through the back door right right so the for, chase for their
0: for for their inventory correct
1: yeah so you know my idea is like hey i'm going to become friends and i'm going to find somebody and I'm, I'm, you know i'm going to figure out a way to you know I, I didn't even know what the hell i was trying to figure out so I just knew that I had a, 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 a good relationship, and they, they, they actually thought I worked for Chase
0: because <laughs> I was
1: part of the program. That's um, cool. Yeah, it was kind of cool. I got to meet a lady that was third down from Jamie Dimon. She came down and spoke in one of the things, Her and I became really good friends. And uh, over dinner, she was asking me, like, so what do you guys what do, you do for, for Chase? And I'm like, I just volunteer. like, uh, what (laughs) department? And I'm like, I don't work for you guys. Like, you've been in meetings you're not supposed to be in. (laughs) Yeah, but it's been very
0: valuable. Thank you.
1: Right, right, exactly. So it was kind of cool. And uh, like I said, we became friends. So she says, hey, hey, there's a program um, that we're going to start selling houses to nonprofits. I know you work for or, or volunteer nonprofit. Here's a chance for your guys to buy a property. We and it says, Hey, if, we, if you guys buy one, we're gonna uh, give you an opportunity to buy another one. So we just slowly buy one and two, and then one day she calls and says, Hey, can you can you handle 20? I'm all, of course. Yeah, no, good me? Sure. 20, no problem.
0: 20 no, is like my minimum.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so sure enough, we take on 20. Um and then it was 20 at a time for about three years wow yeah man and uh that was painful (laughs) it's much fun as you think or as much money you think you're gonna make it was kind of like going and building right it was a disaster i didn't have structure you know i was flipping one two houses a month maybe three but you know 20 at a time
0: wow so you didn't have the infrastructure for that
1: no, I didn't. I had no money. I mean, I had a little bit of money, but, you know, I, I just, what do you do? You leverage. So I had loans on top of loans, four points, 12%, 2,500 junk. And, you know, you know who's making all the money. Yeah. Um, and then I had a second on top of that with some fancy terms. And uh, I ended up with $28 million out at one time. At about 20, 280 grand a month in payments, plus my $75,000 in overhead.
0: You're really making money now, huh? Oh,
1: man. Talk about sleeping like a baby again, right? Right,
0: right.
1: (laughs) That was brutal. 193 houses. uh, I had an inventory at all phases at one time. And I was there on a Sunday. I was so frustrated. Um, it was just bad, man. Um, I, I just, I came in the next morning. I fired half the, the office uh, and I said, I'm done. Just close me out. I'm burnt. I'm tired. Um,
0: are you how old you at this time? 32 this or something?
1: 90, um, um, let me see. This is in 90, I mean, 2014. So, you know, late thirties. Yeah. So now i got a little bit of experience. Um, I'll tell you what was most interesting, Joe, is I actually had become pretty decent. And what was disheartening is that I couldn't put a product out there that I was proud of. I'll tell you a quick story. I walked in, um, at the time I had to have a full-time driver, which, you know, sounds-
0: Bougie, sounds
1: bougie. you know, it, those are necessities and cause that uh, they're not as uh, cool as you think. But um, I get out, I got my reports and I'm looking at property. So I start walking into this house and my uh, project manager says, uh, no, 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 that's not your house. It's this one. <laughs> so I'm looking at this house and there's this piece of shit house that is an REO. <laughs> yeah. And th- there's my flip that I'm it's going to go to the market. And the piece of shit house is mine. <laughs> <laughs> and the REO was in better shape and I mean it was bad man I, I I literally started crying out of frustration of how bad my jobs were going the people that I had were not taking care of me I mean it was just rough man And uh,
0: is this when you started building uh, your software?
1: you like- know what that's when I started that's when it, I spent about a year closing everything out uh, thank god I got out of it at the end, I kept a few nickels, so it worked out. Um, again, not worth it at all, but um, we, I, I sat back and I said, you know what, if I ever have this opportunity again, um, I want to make sure that I can do it, right? And that was when I started reading a bunch of books about processes, and the E-Myth was one of them, Built to Sell was another great book, and just And I started really buying into that whole concept of how to really put systems together and how to leverage your people. And and I spent and I became almost obsessed with the development of this technology and it became my next big challenge, right? So I had spent a bunch of time learning and building and I kind of became not bored, but The challenge of flipping wasn't really there so this tech thing became my new baby right my new challenge the thing i had to go master and uh again (laughs) another disaster uh just getting into stuff that i didn't know um and i spent from 2014 to recently we're over a million dollars in this technology that we built um it's a great technology
0: the one that i saw your first version uh you know five or six years ago was 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 awesome and i know that you're working on some other stuff now but so so really i mean the the viewers would say well geez, he's he's had a lot of hard times but i i mean still you're making more money than the average guy um who's doing say engineering or Uh, I mean, you're making, you're still, it's stressful, but you're making a lot of money. I mean, you got really nice things. You're living in a nice house. It's rough, but you, you're still doing, you're still living good.
1: Yeah, it? no, I, I mean, mean, the reality is we do, Joe, I mean, we're, we're blessed. Yeah. I would say my challenges looking back are more, more than anything self-inflicted just because out of my own call it ego of wanting to be this, you know, grandiose flipper, right? Everybody's got to Tony and Tony's got to be this guy. And, and I'll tell you, man, that's a tough road to go climb because it gets to the point that uh, you just, you know, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And uh, it just, you know, uh, ultimately at the end of the day is to obviously to make money, but you can, it's not about more. is not more in this business. And uh, you know, my brother-in-law and my sister, um do about 24 or 25 houses a year um you know on a good year I can do hundred wholesales and you know 40 50 flips right but I have a team I can't leave I got heavy overhead right and they're in Europe twice a year <laughs> a uh, they have uh they're my neighbors they have a beautiful one and a half million dollar house and they you know they they don't stress, man. I mean, they got their problems like everybody, but they do it small. They do it right. And they live very well. Yeah. Right. right. You know, and by the end of the time, by the time I have all this wholesales, they're probably making more money than I am after everything said and done. So more is not more, man. That, that definitely I learned. So that's a really um, good
0: lesson. That's a really good lesson for all investors. Right And uh, for especially the new guys, you know, yep. that's a great yep, yep. investor. And I, I, I I've uh, I, I love the fact that you're just straight up and candid about everything, man. So, okay. So back to the software. So the software is building and building and you're, you're, you're creating uh, some, some software to help you find deals to right. manage the deals to um, a workflow. Give us a little bit of information on that.
1: Sure. So, um, I remember a guy had told me, hey, there's uh, imagine if you had a uh, system where I could go into the MLS and find you properties, um, how cool it would be, right? And when he told me that, I have not a clue of how things work, uh, tech, nothing tech. Um, so the idea really stuck to me and I learned that there was this thing called an API that you can connect to the MLS and all this crazy stuff, right? And this is, like I said, in 14. And uh, my brother, who's a techie, uh, introduced me as to his programmer. And um, I, I just started dreaming stuff up, man. Like, what if, if we can have this machine find the deals in the MLS? And then what if we can start sending automated offers and comping them and not carpet bombing, but actually sending good solid offers to agents. What if we can then start using this to build relationships with the agents, right? Everything you would think that you would want to do to become more successful and to build a team. And
0: and this is about the time where your brother-in-law and your sister were going to Europe? And you were, yeah,
1: pretty- <laughs> right. I'm only here, right. That's exactly the time. Uh, you know, I got a, a little bit of uh, travel in me, so that, that that was fun. But yeah, that's when I just started getting bigger. So, to your question, it finds properties, it builds relationships, and sends automated offers. Um, again, not carpet bombing, actually, you get a chance to run it through. Um, we can manage a project where there's truly things that don't fall through the cracks. And, and that in itself is probably the, not the sexy part of the system, but it ultimately, as we're growing again, uh, we're, t- we're gonna start putting a fairly large fund together to go national to start doing holds with the people I partner. I'll show that here in a minute. But we got to the point to where this technology truly does everything. And like every technology, the more it does, the more complicated it is to use, the more complicated it is to onboard people. So that became the biggest challenges of the technology is how do you have a system that is very efficient, but it's simple to use? And uh, one thing that I'm not is a simple person in that sense. So I complicated this thing to the point that people were having a hard time doing it. So as um still flipping here on the side i'm a wannabe tech person now um i'm not focusing this this uh you know the 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 everyday operations and uh so making enough money the the machine my company's making enough money for me to live and to play around and put this bunch of money into this tech but you know there I'm not being efficient i'm not focusing on what i'm good at i'm focusing on this new shiny penny right so this is the tech um
0: and, and let me just jump in so i know that um, me you and I, I talked in the past i know that you you ended up bringing in a partner jim who yep. helped uh um he helped you a lot with like kind of focusing in and, and jim what was jim's background again
1: so jim was one of the co-founders of realty track um Oh, yeah. And they became Autumn Data and uh, Jim is a C-level executive, right? I mean, this guy is like, compared to, I'm the grassroots guys. I'm the guy, the I'm the kid, you know, scraping linoleum. These guys are all college educated uh, right. and going into corporations and doing startups and things like that. So a he's very good.
0: And he's been good. You've, you've mentioned to me that he's he's been good for you in the company and the way that he does things.
1: Yeah. You know, it's a very uh, different discipline, right? Uh, They come from a different background. They speak a different language. I don't know what they do. They don't know what we do. Right. But we found the synergy of connecting his expertise on the high level and our experience in the buy, fix and sell the wholesale. And now we're putting it together. So we created, uh, we, we redid the platform in order for it to become valuable for everybody. And ultimately uh, Jim's focus was to actually take this on a national level. Mm. Um, It's very interesting. It's a very different thought process of what I'm used to. Um, The product is very different than what I originally designed. And essentially we created uh, to simplify the evolution of the technology, we still have the core Um, system that does all the flip, the the processing, the heavy lifting, but we created an application that's phone-based and it's essentially an off-market MLS for wholesalers that allows you to post properties and it also allows you to add your buyers. So the so part of-
0: so if I'm a if I, I and I've wholesaled hundreds of properties so I'm a wholesaler I pick up a deal and I like the deal and I don't really have a whole bunch of investors or maybe I want to see who give me the most money so I go to your sure. software I I, uh, I I I I upload it to your software and I'm able to uh, upload my clients to it also so that they could see or be a part of the uh, process.
1: That's correct. So what's different than part of the We started wholesaling about four years ago. One of the things I realized is that we're misguided as wholesalers to think that the most important thing is to find the deals, right? Because, you know, it is in a way, but the reality is if you really truly see the successful wholesalers, they do better on the disposition than the acquisition. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I can't share the name, uh, but you guys, we all know them, One of the high, one of the CEOs of one of the larger wholesaling companies out there told me, my job is to be so good at this position, then my competition becomes my source of inventory. Mm -hmm. He told me that I heard it. it, it literally blew my mind because it was a different approach than what everybody was doing right everybody's like go find the deal. What happens? I got a property, maybe outside of my buyers list. It's a deal. I send it to my people, everybody passes. What do I do, right? I, I go to these larger operators that are gonna take the property. They're gonna give me 10 grand. They're gonna turn around and sell it and make 20. And uh, you're gonna sit there and scratch your head. And, you know, good for them because they figured it out. For me, it's like, I'm leaving money on the table. It's my fault, right? right? right. And, and we started really going after the buyer side of it. And we realized, like, you know, it's bigger than just finding a list. You have to know your buyers. You, ne- you need to know who they are, what they buy. Um, you can't just send them a bunch of crap. So what we realized, instead of going at this alone, why not create a technology platform that allows us all collectively to bring our buyers put them in the system, still have the control of that relationship, and also be able to add a fee every time they buy a property. Sure. So the cool thing, Joe, is that if I have a person that's a good buyer that buys, you know, 20 properties a year, and when I invite him to the platform, he agrees to pay a thousand bucks every time he buys a house, whether if it's my house or anybody else's from the platform, He's going to be glad to pay a thousand bucks because I'll
0: pay all, day, all day, right? All day.
1: So let's just say he buys 20 properties. That's 20 grand. I can make off deals that I had nothing to do with. You know, I'm part of the platform. He's happy because I bring him value.
0: Well, I'm not, I'm not having to do any work. I'm not having to, right. you know, go oh, like, you know, all the, uh, the advertising uh, money exactly. for realtors and for investors exactly. and all that stuff. I'm just logging into you, your That's site. It. And then, well, yeah, well, sure. That's so here's
1: what's cool, Joe, is no monthly fees, no sign-up fees, right? So no barrier to entry. Our goal is that all the little guys that are starting to get into wholesale have the same chance that we do, right? because all my buyers are now in your network all your buyers are now in their network right ultimately the key here is that the platform gives us all an opportunity to get different offers it gets you negotiate through the application we made it super easy and the cool part about it Joe is that we created a separation between the person who's listing the property and the buyer and that separations, they don't know this person by name, but they know them because of the track record. And they also know them because the other people have given them ratings, like an Uber rating. Oh, yeah, cool. So what happens is if you get an offer from buyer, you know, five, six, seven, eight, you don't know them, but guess what? You see how many transactions they've done in the last 24 months. It's good to know. You know, you know that they close on time they put their deposit on time that they're not going to renegotiate the deal and they're going to remove their contingencies on time so that's what matters to you and I as a wholesaler how do you go out and put uh, build a relationship with somebody based on what matters track record ability to close and how they are as uh, buyers so every buyer that comes in the platform gets rated As they close transactions, we rate each other as peers, right? Me as the person who posted the property, you as the person that brought in this buyer and the buyer themselves. So essentially, now we have this network that we all are rating each other. We're holding each other accountable. And now we're essentially sharing the information and helping each other make money. Um, And it's cool because,
0: what was that? Yeah, no, it's
1: exciting. Uh, I have this opportunity through different levels of people, all the way from high-tech person to your local agent. And, And this serves real estate agents, sellers direct, and wholesalers, right? That's our inventory. And collectively, we as wholesalers or agents, we're also bringing in the buyers. So I'll give you an example. If a real estate agent says, hey, I got a cash buyer, but I can't find anything in the MLS... The agent com- brings the buyer, puts a 2.5% fee on them. They get all the properties. And when the buyer finds the property, the agent gets 2.5% because it's a one time buyer, right? This person's not going to continue to buy all the time, but he's going to pay more than we are as investors because he's got the utility uh, of a different use. Um, so collectively, as a whole, we get to help each other out in a transparent way. And we have better relationships with people that we don't know. <laughs> that's, a great, that that's a great
0: system. I think it's, you know, what, what, where my mind is going is two things. Number one, if somebody wants to get connected into this, what do they do? They just contact you directly? Or, I mean, how do they get involved with you with this software?
1: Good question. So, because we don't charge. There's no monthly fee, no membership fee, nothing like that, no sign-up fee. It's invite only right? Interesting. Why is it invite only is because we're only looking at people that can bring value. What's value? A property or a buyer or buyers, right? Their buyers list. So if somebody says, Hey, you know what? I'm a new wholesaler. I got 20 buyers. I don't have a lot of properties. You bring those buyers, you upload them to the system. We process them out for you. We give them back. Uh, We protect your buyers, which means that those buyers are your buyers, Right. Um, we don't, you know, that's your information you get to, every time a property goes out to the buyer's list, it goes out through your email or your cell phone through your text. So you keep that relationship because I don't know your buyers. I know who they are because if they bought anything, I have their information, but I don't, uh, you know, I have national information, uh, of everybody. I just don't know them. Right, right. I got and it. The key here is that the people that are being brought into the platform have to accept terms and conditions. That means they're not going to bypass you or me. They're going to follow the rules that they're qualified, and they're going to pay a transaction fee. Whoever brought them to this platform. Um, so we thought a lot about it. We spent a ton of time. Uh, we spent a bunch of money on the legal side of it, um, and it, it, it's a really to me, I don't. This is not set or aimed to replace the MLS. This is not set or aimed to this uh, change uh, the larger operations the way they do it. This is aimed for us as a community to have transparency and structure. And we charge a very small transactional fee only if we bring value to you. So I'll give you an example. John.
0: It's in, well, really quick. So it's really interesting because. Like, uh, you know, I was, when I first got in in 2006, I went right into the wholesale, right? I started fixing and flipping and working for the REOs. I started with the wholesale and I got really good at wholesaling and I wholesaled hundreds of properties. And, um, it is like the wild, wild West. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, I got a massive buy list, but it's the wild, wild West. And, you know, this is like bringing some kind of structure to a part of the industry that I would even say is the market makers, the people that move right. the product that is unmovable. It can't be sold to Tom and Mary and little right. Timmy. It has to be. Has to go through the hands of investors to fix it and then flip it. And then right. so a lot of the market makers are the wholesalers. Start off with the wholesalers, and right. you know it's all, it's the wild wild west. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I see this. I see this as being a wonderful thing.
1: Yeah, it's exciting, Joe. Like I said, you know, looking at and putting stuff like this together, you know, I thought it was going to take a few months and, you know, a little bit of money. So it's taken us six months and a lot of money. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> like everything else in the life. Yeah. I got really, it. So, so, you know, it's, what I it's, want it's to long. touch on really quickly, let me, I'm sorry to interrupt, but with, okay, so what I wanted to get into before this podcast is over is um, where you see the market going. And sure. um, so You know, in the crash 2006 and seven, eight, nine, whatever that was, you know, uh, the banks were pulling back a bunch of REOs. They were getting back a lot of deals. They go to the REO max of the world and the MD webs of the world, and they'd they'd send their inventory there, and then they assign them to agents. And then that's when the whole process would start, right? Right. So do you see, what do you see in the future of this particular market that we're in right now? First of all, nobody really saw the COVID thing, you know? Uh, the COVID thing came out of nowhere. Uh, most of the hard money that I lent, like my lines of credit, they stopped lending for like nine to 10 months, 11 months. A lot of investors yep, yep. were like, we don't know where this market's going. So we're not lending any money. We're out. Exactly. And so, um, and then, you know, right, right under their nose, we had the greatest market we've ever seen, <laughs> right? And nobody's, right. nobody's buying, nobody's lending to buy. Right? And, and then now we are, you know, here in 2021 and, uh, uh, you know, you put a property, you can almost buy a property for full value right now, wait six months and then sell it for a massive profit. Right. That's where that's the market that we're in right now. But we both know you and I both know, and most of the investors would listen is that this isn't everything changes, right? So this market's going to change. What do you see? How do you see that going?
1: So it's very interesting, Joe, because, um, anybody's been doing this for a while the market's been changing for five six years you know it's next year it's the summer of this and 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 you kind of like looking at it right and you get tired of you know being worried about it um i look at you know i don't study the market i don't watch tv i stay away from the the noise right but i watch what matters to me as an investor right inventory obviously what the rates are doing um, how move my property, how quick my properties are moving. I have relationship with guys that do quite a few transactions and I check in with them over the weekend. Hey, how many offers are you getting, right? So I'm always in the most important pulse of the market, which is what's happening in real time today. How many offers are you getting over the weekend on your properties, right? That to me has always been a fantastic indicator um, by the time you realize it, it's kind of too late, right? We do yeah. have kind of tsunami warning, which is maybe you start seeing things change a little bit, but it happened so quick. Um, he, he, he,
0: I don't. Like, interest rates are like, I've always thought that interest rates were the biggest indicator, meaning, you know, in interest rates rising then equals less affordability and that sure. affordability line, you know, I think there's always a crash right around 14% affordability, something like so that. Yeah, is it gone. 17? So, yep. you know, affordability is still high basically because interest rates are so low, right? And everybody that qualified for a mortgage right now has uh, has qualified with tax returns. So, and equity. and equity. So I don't really see the market crashing. I don't think that you do either, but there has to be some kind of correction.
1: Yeah, you know, it's tough, Joe, because uh, looking at people's perspective, like, for example, you look at this hard money organizations that have a lot of invested capital, right? And they're they're bullish, right? They're out there lending money. Uh, You look at the banks, the HELOCs that are going out there. um, You know, it's tough to truly see because I think we moved completely away from the indicators that could give you at least an understanding of the market and we just pumped so much money into our economy yeah. that it's, you know, to me, I think the bigger issue could be inflation. And for us as investors strategically, um, done carefully done, it's a wonderful thing. Wonderful. Um, and, you know, money's cheap. So leverage is going to be fantastic. Uh, you have the ability, to, to your point, you can buy something and it's going to move forward. Inventory's still low, right? So it, it's hard to really see. I mean, we're buying. We're 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 not afraid of the market. It's it, you got to be careful. And I would say more than it changing drastically. I think you got to watch what you're buying. Um, it, you know, we're all over pain uh the affordability is definitely an issue uh the rates can go in my opinion any lower they can't print any more money which they still are i mean so there's a lot of indicators but we are strategically looking at all these things and buying we're going forward because my i'm in and out in 90 days 120 days yeah i'm watching the seasonal changes uh for me november december are my better months of acquisitions that's why we really step on it for next year and we're planning to do that. I just hired a few people. Um, Tony Hirschman being one of them, who will say, you know, I have 1100 properties. Almost This guy's got 11,000. So I'm actually bringing in some superpowers, into the <laughs> company, which we're super excited about. And uh, we're building our team. So we're going for it. Yeah, that's uh,
0: awesome, man. You know, sure. get, You know, so I was doing a flip. Like when COVID hit, I, I had bought a house in Hollywood and our we bought it for a million seven and we thought the exit was going to be like two seven, two eight, two nine, something like that we're going to put 200 into it and then the city of la just decided that they, yeah, they didn't want to do permits anymore you know they wanted to shut down and you know, exactly. you know they hate permits now you know and so you know the architects and engineers you know they went they did their own thing and in that period of time you know, um, you know, usually in a, in a down market, we're getting murdered, right? Cause we're paying, you know, 13,000 a month interest only. Yeah. And, um, uh, we've held it for over a year and, um, I had an appraisal done on it the other day, our two, seven, two, nine exit turned into a three, five, three, six. I love it. Right. Oh. I mean, like how, you know, like, well, I mean, I'm kind of upset that it took so long, but I almost feel like sending like a fruit basket to the city for screwing me around for a year. <laughs> You know, otherwise, i would have sold it for two nine, you know. So, uh, I, you know, my, my guess is, is that like, we're, it's probably not going to be anything near 2006 2007. No, no crashes like that. But I do see this, you know, the inflation does help us a little bit. But I, I don't know, man, I, I don't see it. I think it I don't know that it crashes. I think it just maybe that soft landing that you talked about earlier. Who knows? You know,
1: yeah, it could be, I mean, you know, the, the reality is, this, Joe and, 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 and for people like us that have been doing this forever. There's money to be made on the way up on the way down sideways. Always, always always. Opportunities. Yep. You know, you just, as you get older and you start learning right now, one of our biggest things is we're, we're putting together a hundred million dollar fund to be able to go pick up properties nationwide on a bond hold. Um, and provide really good returns to our investors um, and, and we can do it through the platform and, and, and manage it correctly and that's kind of the next level right so it's not just me anymore running a small team flipping a few houses here and there we're changing now where i'm not the head of the company i become essentially a piece of the puzzle and i'm bringing people that are much smarter than i am a lot more seasoned they understand how to put money together I got people like Tony Hirschman that has, you know, a lot more experience than I do and a high, higher volume. And we're partnering up with people that really understand how to do this. So that to me is the next level of the uh, my evolution. And you know what's cool, Joe? It's not about the money. Um, it, it was for a long time. It was about the shiny things I could buy with it and, and feeding the ego. And ultimately, you know you get to learn what matters right you, you, you get to truly understand why we are here and, and 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 you know it's about serving it's about growing certain things but ultimately it has to be done for the right reasons uh because it, otherwise it becomes the bottomless pit you know you can throw all the money in the world and you can have all the shiny things it just there's no fulfillment if you're not doing it for the right thing that's awesome. been my big focus in the last few years is doing it so I can help other people um, so I can teach what I learn and bring opportunities like this platform. It's a win for us, but it's a win for everybody else, right? Like somebody coming into the wholesale, they don't have to spend money on these gurus and they don't have to do all these things. We're like, hey, here's the road. This is how it works. You can make a lot of money. There's no magic pill, like I said in the beginning. But you can do it now through applications like that. And that brings a lot of fulfillment to me as a person to say, hey, now we're helping people. And ultimately, it all comes back in in waves. And and ultimately, we're were helped first. Uh, We we get also the benefits of that, but not until I started truly focusing on a different approach or, or value that things really changed and they became bigger and bigger, which is super cool.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Listen, so we're about at our time level. So really quickly, if there's a people out there listening, like the new guys that are trying to get into fix and flip what, uh, you know, what, uh, what, uh, pearl of wisdom would you give to these investors, um, uh, that are just starting out or that are kind of medium trying to get bigger? What what would you tell them?
1: So find the mentor, uh, learn from the guy that's already screwed it up like myself a thousand times I tell people I'm not good because I'm smart I'm good because I just screwed it up enough times that I just happen to remember right And uh, you know just that is I, I didn't do that and I paid for it I, I, my, my education and this is way way too expensive and, and unnecessary so find the right person it's like a relationship you got to get to know them You got to, you know, go to dinner first, right? Uh, Before you do it, get into too complicated situations. Partnerships are fun, but tough. But finding a mentor is really important, especially if you're looking at a win-win, for example. You can find a deal that you have a hard time on the rehab. Go partner with a contractor, you know? Have them put a little bit in. You put a little bit in. You learn their trade, you know, so you're helping each other out. That's super huge. Don't over leverage. I mean, I lived in leverage all my life and you're just asking to get the uh, taking out hard money. a wonderful thing. You just got to be careful. One of the things I always done is I, you know, like, oh, okay, I, I only need this much. i worry about it later. And then later it's painful. So just really be careful how you borrow. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, more is not more, uh, you know, Find those right deals, invest the time and truly understanding why and how you're gonna make money. Um, don't rely on agents. And I don't say that in a negative way to make decisions for your purchases. That's your job. Yeah, drive you gotta, the comps. You gotta
0: know how to comp it.
1: Yeah, you gotta drive your own comps. You gotta understand the nuances. You gotta know that each market has its own funkiness. Like if you're gonna go to Palm Springs, I, guarantee you you're going to do three losses before you make a dollar
0: i don't even go to palm springs man (laughs) that that place is way crazy
1: (laughs) but there's a lot of money to be made in palm springs you're you're good at
0: it it. yeah
1: and you know it took me three deals i lost my ass over there excuse Mm. my french but you know and and it just you got to learn those things um watch your scopes of work don't be optimistic on, on time or cost Everything's more expensive, and it takes longer, right? And, and especially if you back into a deal wrong, um, it's hard to borrow again. Uh, and 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 ultimately, the biggest killer for us, like Joe was saying, uh, is time. Uh, no matter how good the deal is, if you sit on it too long for whatever reason, it will eat you. And uh, you know, so those are the things that I would say that are important. Uh, you're going to fail. You, you're going to have to get up and go at it again. If you come in and if you buy your first flip and you get your butt handed to you, I believe that if you leave, you lost because that's, <laughs> you know experience.
0: what I, I have, a, I have a weird thing in my head that I say, if, if you get into a bad deal, um, the way to get out of it is to flip yourself through it. Like you got to keep right. flipping. You can't stop You got to right, right, flipping right. to get out of the bad deal. It's like, right. you know, yeah, uh yeah. but you know we both made plenty of mistakes and and but you know what to to the viewers it's worth it this is a this is a great game to make a lot of money and um yeah. and uh it's good stuff and so re- lastly you want to give a plug to this new company that you're uh sure that you're doing what's the name of it how did they get a hold of you or how does yeah, it
1: absolutely thank you joe so it's called fair clothes and you can find it's fairclothes.com and um It explains to you based on if you're a wholesaler or an agent. Like I said, we don't charge anything. So just come in, sign up. One of our wonderful uh, agents is going to give you a call, walk you through it, explain how it works, help you upload the buyers. And, uh, you know, right now it's uh, an early adapter. So we are open to people. We're kind of keeping it um, on a smaller uh, scale just to make sure that we clean out the bugs and there's little things to expect there, but it works really well. Um, It's the same platform I've been using it now, just public. That's the difference. So it it works and uh, just go there. Like I said, it doesn't cost anything. Love your feedback. Um, And uh, we should be going live in about two weeks. So now being uh, September, what is it? 13. So probably by the end of the month, we'll be live. So nice. look for it. Uh, love to get your feedback. And uh, I think this could be a game changer. Everybody likes to say that. The concept makes a lot of sense. Uh, like everything else, is, uh, the uh, deliverables is what matters. And we believe we have a good team behind that can make it happen. So we're very, very excited about it. And I appreciate the uh, time, Joe, to All not right. only finish this, but share some of our, our fun stories. And maybe <laughs> we can... Uh, encourage some people to continue to push forward and and learn and eventually get to where we are or or figure out a way to work with each other to help each other out
0: thanks thank you tony tony diaz everybody check out his website check out his stuff he's a experienced investor and he's a good guy to 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 learn from thanks a lot tony
1: all right appreciate it bud all right
0: right. bye-bye